I come today, uh, we're starting a brand new series, man. I love, I love to, when God begins to impress us on the place that we're going to be moving into spiritually as a group. I can't get there unless you're there with me. But together, God offers us these wonderful doors of spiritual opportunities. And so, and we, it starts out with the Word of God. So that's where we're starting the series this morning. And the series is called A Divine Spiritual Encounter. Or Divine Encounters. That God has been speaking to our heart that God has a divine encounter for every one of our lives. And so what we're going to do in this series, we're going to press through, man. We're going to press through whatever it is that's tried to keep us from having that divine encounter with God. We're starting off this message this morning. It's simply two words. That's what I come back in here from being away. I come back in here with two words. And I believe it's what God has spoke to my heart to tell you. And that is come close. What God, I believe, is speaking to each one of us is come closer. God's got a divine call going out. Man, we don't have to be, you don't have to be a TV watcher to, to understand or hear about the dramatic things that's happening around this world. I mean, each, any one of us could wake up any morning and we would not be surprised. We haven't been invaded, attacked. I mean, this world is in a mess. But in the midst of that, God has spoke to our hearts and said, the answer to this world's mess is for you to just come closer to me. Now, you may feel like you're close this morning, but I'm here to tell you, God said there's a closer place. There is a closer place with God that when we get there, then nothing of this world will be able to take us down or take us out or nothing of this world will be able to hinder God's will from taking place. I tell you what, God's just stronger than the devil. If you believe that, give a horn blow. God is so much stronger than what the... So God's promises outweigh, outpower, outmaneuver, outstrategize anything the devil has tried to do against you. Now, many of you, Satan has set you up. He set you up for downfalls, for discouragement, for, for uh, depressions. He set you up for your world to fly apart. He set you up for, for health issues, circumstances. But I'm telling you what, God's Word, there's nothing that the devil has broken apart that God's Word cannot put back together in Jesus' name. So we're going to begin to release our faith more toward God for to have a spiritual encounter. Now, the Bible says, I love what, I love what it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Uh, there's three places I want to I give you this morning that we're going to search in for a scripture. And so you can go ahead and mark them. Luke chapter 24, Matthew chapter 14, and Mark chapter 10. All right, it's Luke chapter 24, Matthew chapter 14, and Mark chapter 10. We're going to talk about those three areas. But in the book of Revelation, it's so good. When Revelation reveals what's going to be happening in this world, when it reveals last day experiences, when it reveals the last day disasters, it begins with God, Jesus, standing at the door knocking, saying, let me come closer. And that's what it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus said, I'm standing at your door, and I am knocking and Jesus said, if you will just hear my voice and let me in, let me come closer to you, 
that I will have a fellowship with you that's beyond anything that we've ever known. You may feel this morning that you're not satisfied. You may think that you're discouraged. Some of you may be on the verge of depression. But I'm telling you what, there's nothing at all that's taking place in your life that getting a little closer to Jesus won't be a well able to satisfy. So God's going to help us do that. Amen? Now, the book of James, we're talking about come close. Now, in the book of James, chapter 4, it tells us there in verse 8, God saying, He said, come close to God. That's what He says. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. The initiative is on our part. There's something I can do that will cause God to draw closer to me. The initiative, that first part's me. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Come close to God. Now, I love the, uh, the Passion Version because it just kind of explodes, explodes it in my kind of language. It says, move your heart closer to God. <laughs> And God's going to come closer to you. When I say, how can I get close to God? God says, move your heart closer to me. And if you will move your heart closer to me, God, God says, I will be able to come close to you. So we're talking about spiritual encounters. What, what is an encounter? I, I love when he would talk about, you know, there's 22 to 24 different meanings in the dictionary for the word encounter. I mean, that word encounter is a big word. But there's two major meanings that take place out of the Bible to help me understand. It means either to engage the enemy surprisingly that results in a fight or a conflict. Or it means come face to face with someone that can bless her and bless my life. So that's what God's calling us to do. God's calling us to a face-to-face encounter with himself. Now, I've been surprised by those encounters by the devil a lot of times about you. I've been surprised, taken off, and seemed like set back as I would encounter the devil. But, I, but God says that if you will encounter me, if you'll bring your face to my face, God said, I will be able to draw close to you. Amen? Now, what is the divine? It talked about divine encounters. talked about is a divine change. Uh, if the divine encounter comes with deep revelations, I'm talking about a spiritual move in your life. I'm talking about something that involves the things you feel, the things that you know. I'm talking about when God invades your realm of the natural and comes into the realms of the natural and makes it supernatural. Did you know every person in the Bible that did anything for God had a divine encounter, had several divine encounters? Did you know not only did they believe the Word of God, they, not only did they believe, but that belief brought them to a divine uh, spiritual encounter with God. Something happened that totally defied the natural realm. That's what a divine encounter does. And you know what? Every promise that you believe, did you know that promise is not fulfilled until a divine encounter takes place in your life? I mean, some people just want to believe in healing all day and then stay their life sick. But the Bible says if you believe in healing, there's a divine encounter called healing that God wants to bring into your life. But we can talk about the peace of God. We, there's certain things, what I'm saying is, there's certain things that we can believe in, but if we don't press through to it, we will never experience them in our life. A divine encounter is experiencing what you believe. 
If you believe that God is real, the Bible says that our faith would not stand in mere wisdom of men, but stand in the power of God. God wants to do some things in each of our lives that will cause our faith to rest in that spiritual encounter and spiritual change that only God can give. And so during this series, that's what we're going to address. We're going to address through several different ways how I can approach God, how I can get face to face with God, how God can help me. Praise God. How can I encounter the the, uh, glory of God? I can move up in my faith. I can cause a greater consecration, increase my love for Him, triple my prayer life, spend more time in the Word. But we're going to take it a little bit slower in that. We're going to take it to a place where, where God can bring change. Where seriously, you can sense God's touch on your life. You know, there's a lot of stories in people's lives. Now, now I'm, I'm able, so I have these stories. I can tell you the stories about living on Moses' farm. And Moses' farm had this unique thing. It had a, had a graveyard of a Civil War family that was right out in there next to you. And I can tell you stories about those lights that would pass around the windows at night as us kids would be in there huddled down under fear. And we would see things like it. Or I could tell you about Dead Man's Curve. That some of you have experienced that. But I'll tell you what, that's not the stories I want to hand down to my kids. The stories I want to hand down to my kids, the supernatural stories of divine encounters with God, where my kids will always know that there's been somebody that is God has touched and somebody that's touched God. So what I pray, some of you have never had a divine encounter. All of your experience lies on something that you believe. But I'm here to tell you it starts out with what you believe, but it doesn't, that it doesn't end until God creates an experience in your life. There's not a person here this morning that God doesn't want to touch. There's not a person. The thing about it is when you've been touched by God, there is no doubt that you've been touched by God. When you have had a divine encounter, there is no argument with it. You can stand, it, you can stand against that uh, uh, gate post and you can talk to you blue in the face, we used to say. Because when you've had a divine encounter with God, there is a sense of knowing. That's what the people in the Bible had. It started out with the knowledge of God. Then it started out with the belief in God. But it was not ended until divine encounters, visitations from angels, power of the Holy Spirit coming into rooms, changing, hearing things, feeling things, knowing things supernaturally. And I want you to know, God wants your children's faith not to rely on the wisdom of men, not being able to figure out things, but God wants it to rely on the power of God. And that's what we're believing, that during this series, that God is going to form each family with a divine story of encounters with God. That when you're sitting around that that fireplace this winter and your family's talking, that you'll be able to not just tell the ghost stories that I was talking about previously, but you'll be able to tell about divine encounters. When an angel came and visited with me, when I was touched by God, when God brought change into my life, when a miracle happened, there was no way that it could happen. Amen. In fact, that's what the Bible says become that that we perpetuate. In the Old Testament, they would take the miracles of God and they were to tell their children and tell their children. In the New Testament, the difference is we're supposed to be experiencing them on a daily basis. Because in the Old Testament, where the Holy Spirit could not reign in their life as He wanted to, in the New Testament, we live with the Spirit of God inside of us that's divinely, consistently connecting us into a divine encounter with God. 
God wants things to be able to move from your prayer life. God wants to be able to change that family in your, from your prayer life. God wants to be able to change your health through your prayer life. God wants to be able to change the circumstances that you're going through through your prayer life. God's wanting to cause divine encounters to come into us that will build a story for our family to live on for generations to come. In Jesus' name. So, amen. A lot of different ways we can look at it. I'm going to talk about three real quick. Point number one. The importance of a supernatural encounter in our lives. In the Bible, Luke chapter 24, reading one verse there, which is a whole segment of verses associated with it. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Now, at that point, the Jesus, his disciples were certainly he was the Lord of their life. He was their master. He was their boss. But they had not come face to face with the resurrected Lord yet. And all of a sudden, they're there and they're standing back for fear. And they're in the room and the door is locked. And, and Jesus appears. As Jesus appears, he begins to address the issues. The Bible says there was such fear because they thought he was a ghost. I'm going to tell you, there's something about a divine encounter with God that would change you from worldly thinking to spiritual thinking. There's something about a spiritual encounter with God to literally the inside of you begins to change that will, will not finish until it dramatically changes that outside. And so in verse 36 in, in Matthew, I mean, pardon me, Luke chapter 24, it says, And just as they were talking, telling about it, Jesus himself suddenly standing there among them. And Jesus began to say, I'm going to tell you what, there's a lot of people that think they got saved from the knowledge. They heard the words and they responded to knowledge. But I'm here to tell you, unless you've came face to face with Jesus Christ in your life experience, then you're not saved. Because I'm not talking about just the mere knowledge. It starts with knowledge, but it has to end with an experience. Because the thing about it, when each one of us came to Jesus, just as these disciples there, up until that time, they had worked for the Lord, been involved with the Lord. They had seen the things, but still yet in their heart, they needed an experience to press them across the line. That's where in that upper room, Jesus said, now I can breathe on you. He breathed into them the Holy Spirit. Because finally, they was able, they had become face to face with the Jesus as his Lord. Now, I remember that when that happened in my life. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have any knowledge about it. But I remember on that, on that night of me kneeling in front of that television set. And I can remember me crying out and asking Jesus. I'll tell you what. Anybody could argue me after that. But they could not change the fact that I had been with Jesus. I didn't understand what happened. I couldn't relate it. I didn't have a scripture to base it on. But when I prayed that night, I had become face to face with Jesus. And I'm telling you what, your life will never move into the realm of the supernatural until you take that knowledge that you have and you pray.
press it through till it becomes an experience in your life. It may have happened through the preaching of the Word. It may have happened, happened when you were standing at the front of the altar. It may have happened to you when you was out on that job in prayer. It may have happened when you was in your living room kneeling. But every person, if your life is going to be the life that God has intended it to be, it's when you have pressed through till you had an experience with God, till you met Jesus face to face for the glory of God. Now, it may involve seeing or it may not involve seeing. When I came to the Lord, I didn't see anything, but in me, I knew I had met Jesus. And Jesus had changed my life. And from that moment forward, I would never, ever be the same again. Amen. So whatever it is that you're relying on, whatever it is, let me tell you what, there's only one thing, a Jesus encounter. Every person here must have had, and I truly believe, that's what causes people to move into just religion. It's because they haven't had a face-to-face meeting with Jesus. They haven't been able to come to grips with the resurrection of, or the resurrected Lord in their life. And so they may have prayed a prayer. They may have stood at the front. They may have raised their hand. But some way they missed seeing Jesus. Some way they missed meeting Jesus. And it will never work in your life until you meet Jesus. Amen. So the disciples there, then immediately things change. Now, if anybody didn't need an experience... It would have been these guys. Because these guys had walked with Jesus. These guys had worked with Jesus. These guys had stood, many of them had stood at the foot of the cross. They'd watched him die. But they had to have, they had to have a face-to-face meeting with the resurrected Lord. Jesus had to come to them. I'm telling you, honey, you've got to allow Jesus to come to you. Because the very same way that Jesus saves you is going to be the way that Jesus heals you. And the way that Jesus saves you is going to be the way that Jesus helps you. And the way that Jesus saves you is going to be the way that Jesus changes you. The way that Jesus saves you is going to be the way that Jesus comes to your rescue. Though it's of vital importance right from the very beginning. And some of you that say, Jerry, you know what? I don't understand. They're not that drawing me spiritually. I've tried to create a desire for God, but it just seems to be fleeting and seems to be fleet from me. But you know, Jerry, I'm not sure that I've ever really met Jesus. Well, I'm here to tell you, honey, you can't be saved without it. But if you will meet Jesus in a matter of moments, your life can be radically turned around for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Point number two. How, how to have an encounter. First thing is the importance. The importance of the encounter. Because the encounter is the experience that I believe. It starts with knowledge. But it, and then that preaching of that truth. But then it, it's not ended. It's not complete, let me say. It's not complete until it's become an experience in all of our lives. That's why we say that we have people that they say they know Jesus. They live like the devil. That's why they say they know Jesus and they, they have no desire to really serve Him. They say they know Jesus. What they're telling me is they answered an altar call at some time. Sometimes they, they did it by way of knowledge. And you may have done everything you could do, honey, 
to get to God by the knowledge that you have or knowledge that was preached to you. But I'm just here to tell you, you must allow Jesus. You must press through until Jesus comes to you and Jesus changes you. You know, that my experience with God, that was the consummation of it. But I can remember even prior to that, I was in, a, I was in the Eldorado Hospital and desperately needed a miracle of God. And I can remember that going in that little bitty restroom there in that hospital, getting down on my knees. And, and that was the beginning of my journey. And that on my knees that night, I began to cry out to God. Now, I got something from the Lord, but I knew that I had not got what I needed. You understand? But I had received something. But God began to deal with me spiritually. I could give testimonies about my mother. When the hospital... Uh, uh, diagnosed with cancer and she determined God can change this. She went into her bathroom that night in that hospital room where she was been laying in that bed, weak as she was. She got, she got down on her knees of what she could in that hospital room. She stayed all night in that restroom and she did not come out until she was healed. But when she walked out Amen. That cancer was gone and she never had an issue. I'm just telling you, whatever you believe, it must be pressed through. You must press it, honey. Somebody says, I can't understand God. I don't. You've got to press through. If you're going to get God to touch you, the Bible says it begins by you bringing your heart closer. You've got to press in. You've got to press in until Jesus is able to touch you. And once he touches you, things will change. Let me say, everything changes when Jesus touches you. Amen. The second thing is, is how to have an encounter. Matthew chapter 14, the very, very interesting scriptures there. And it says that, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you. Well, immediately we know what this set of scriptures is. Peter said, Lord, is it you? Command me to come to you on this water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you're the Son of God. I'm going to tell you what, there's something about knowing that Jesus is there. There's a compulsion in each of our hearts to draw closer. What I'm talking about is not instant instituted by you. I'm talking about something that is started by God. That desire that you have for God, honey, that desire didn't come from you. That desire came out of the Holy Spirit that was desiring you to be closer to God. What you're feeling that draw, that's God. That's God in you. That that you desire to know more of the Word, that's God in you. And that's exactly what happened to Peter when he was standing there in that boat and he saw Jesus. He said, I must come closer. I must begin to do like Jesus did. And so Jesus said, come. That's exactly what Jesus has told us in the scriptures that we just read. That come close to God and God will come close to you. It's this draw that the Holy Spirit brings into all of our lives to be closer to God. If you don't have that draw, honey, you just need to meet Jesus. Because once you meet Jesus, there's that draw to be closer to God and to be touched by God. In fact, what you get at the 
first becomes the goal every day in your life. It comes a goal. I must be touched by Jesus today. I must have Jesus manifest Himself in my life today. I must have the presence of God in my life today. So Peter began to manifest the very thing that we have to do, how we're going to get closer to God. Notice what Peter did. He started off by answering that desire. Now I'm going to tell you what. The Bible says that Peter was afraid. I'm going to tell you what. It is a fearful thing. We that have become stagnated, <laughs> stagnated in our religious lives, Man, it's a fearful thing to think. Man, I'm going to have to do something different. I'm going to have to begin to think a little bit different. I'm going to have to be act a little bit different if I'm going to get close to God. And if you've ever come face to face with God, nothing is too hard that God could ask you to do to come close to Him. Because there's that desire, as I said, if you've been touched by Him before, you want to be touched by Him again. There's a feeling that I've got about 50 years ago. I remember I was at the altar that night and I was seeking God because I wanted to be touched by the Lord. There in the midst of that altar there that night, I felt God's hand laid on my back. I can still tell you the feeling. I can still... When you touched by God, and for the last 50 years, there's a run in me. Every time I see an altar, there's a run in me to be touched by God again. Because I want to again to feel God's hand being placed on this life of clay, knowing that the God of heaven can change this clay and work in my life. Amen. There's several things I just want to quickly touch base here. First thing you have to do, if you're going to have an encounter, you've got to look for Jesus, and you've got to keep looking at Jesus. You can't look for religious jobs. You can't look for religious titles. You can't look for religious duty. You've got to look for Jesus. Every time that you drive up on this parking lot, every time that your little eye opens and from the morning of a night asleep, you've got to begin with looking for Jesus. If you're going to encounter God, if you're going to have God come and be a part of your life, if you're going to have to, if you're going to have God where you never have to experience a thing alone again, if you want to have the kind of experience through every doorway that you walk through, Jesus will walk through that doorway with you. Amen. If you want to have that, the first thing you've got to do, you've got to look for Jesus. And then you've got to put your eyes on Him. And you've got to keep looking at Jesus. The second thing, whatever God tells you, you've got to be willing to obey it. The moment you begin to say no is the moment that Jesus begins to shy away from you. The Lord loves those that are obedient. Now, God loves everybody on one level. But there's a level of children. Just like, I don't care if you're a parent here this, this morning. And you've got several children. Some of them may be disobedient. Some of them will be obedient. Although you love all of them, there's a preciousness in your heart every time that that child obeys you. Every time you see that child being submissive to you. And that's the same thing that's in the heart of God. 
So if you're ever going to move into a place to where God is, the presence of God is in you to the point to where you're having encounters with God. You're building enough history of encounters with God. Man, every one of us love to read the old books of people that had encounters with God, encounters with God, encounters with God. People that's been touched by God, it just puts them on a different level. So I believe there's not a person here this morning you you that you don't want to face your family as one that's been touched by God. You don't want to face the world except by one that's been touched by God. There's something about, like happened to me 50 years ago, there's something about a divine hand that gets placed on your life that while Jesus touched you, there becomes an impartation of His very self into your life. That's why you can become healed. That's why you can become delivered. Because when Jesus comes in His presence... Everything that He touches becomes a divine impartation of Himself into that life. What is it that you need to have to look like Jesus? What is it that you need to have to react like Jesus? Get Jesus to touch you, honey. And in that touch is the divine impartation for life. Come in. Number three. Faith is simply taking the next step. What is it that God God has dealt with your heart to do? Well, what is it that you, you may have to pull the, the spider webs off of and, and to find the answers? I know this is what God wanted me to do. You know, it can be as easy as an early morning prayer life. It can be as hard as raise your hands and worship me. It can be as, as commanding as you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But wherever it is, wherever it came, wherever our disobedience started, we have to go back there. And at that place, we have to take the step because that first step is my step of faith. Peter's first step outside that boat was his hardest because he was fixing to step out of what he trusted in into something that he had no idea what it was. He knew at the very next step, he could be made a fool of. He knew that his peers could begin to laugh at him, to ridicule him. But he was willing to go through whatever it was to be closer to God. Now, let me tell you, whatever it is that's holding you back, whether it's insecurity, whether it's fear, whether it's fear of being laughed at, whatever it is, you have to determine obeying God is just that important. I will take my first step in faith. Amen. Number four, that step of faith unleashes the supernatural. When Peter stepped out of that boat to be closer to God, it released the supernatural power of God. Some of you have this morning, you're here. I'm going to stop right there. Some of you here this morning, you know that you need God to help you to miraculously bring change in your situation. Now we just pray for that, but I'm gonna have to ask, I'm gonna have to encourage you. Your life has to become a life that will draw the presence, that will draw Jesus into it. What is it that God's asking you to do? I can remember all the little different growth levels. I remember how hard it was, Colton. I remember how hard it was for me to raise my hands and worship to God in front of people. I, I could do it in the private. But I remember where I was standing. I remember where I was. 
I can remember the service I was where, where God challenged me. You're going to obey me, Jerry? You're going to love these people or you're going to love me? Are you going to try to be honored with these people or are you going to be honored in me? And I can remember how hard it was as I took my little paws and began to try to raise them. I'll tell you the first time, it was only like half mass. I was like celebrating somebody had died, you know? It was like half mass. But God continued to work until that could become obedient to the Lord. Where is it that God is challenging you? What has God called you to believe, to put your trust in? Somebody says, well, you know, I believe God heals, but I don't know. Well, you've got to lose that I don't know. And you've got to be willing to step out of that boat of what you have found to be security in your past. The wisdom of the world. I'm going to ask you something. What is the wisdom of the world keeping you from? <laughs> what is the wisdom of the world keeping you from? Peter, yes, Lord. Bid me to come, God. I'll come. I'll come closer to you, Jesus. And in a moment of time, Peter stepped out of that boat. So I'm going to leave you with that resolve this week. That'd be a good place for us to stop and just think. What is it that God's asking for me, for me to be closer to God? What is the Lord dealing with my heart on? What is the Holy Spirit challenging in me for me to be closer to Him? Some of you is to be baptized. Others of you is to give a testimony. Others of you, it could be a number of things, or to just trust in Him, to begin to release your faith. To begin to declare the word out your life. Wherever the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. That has to be taken care of. If you're going to get closer to God. But until then. It becomes a wall to keep you out. So I'm going to ask you something. You that are here in your cars. I'm going to ask you. If you know of an area. That you've been challenged in. That the devil has showed up. And tried to put a fear. Tried to put an obstruction try to put a hindrance but you say Jerry I have a pretty good idea of at least one or two things that I'm going to need to do if I'm going to be closer to God I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet I'm going to ask you that are in your cars if you have that I want you to just stand to your feet right out beside your car if you have in your heart if you know of the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you this should not be new to you what I'm opening up and sharing with you because God, by His Holy Spirit, has been drawing you. And God, by His Holy Spirit, has been dealing. But this is our first step. For some of us to stand out beside our car, all becomes like Peter stepping out of that boat, you know, stepping out on that water, wherever it is. And it becomes our first step of obedience, Lord. I may not have done it yet, God, but I'm getting as close as I can. Lord, I'm getting close as I can. Lord, I'm getting close as I can. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that act of disobedience in my life, Lord, or where I've not been able to obey you, or where I've not been able to follow you, God. I'm, I'm right now, Lord, I'm just, I'm just confessing it before you. Lord, I'm confessing it as weakness. I'm confessing it as disobedience, God. And so let's start with asking God to forgive us. Could we do that? That's where I have to start in all the disobedience I've had in my life. I have to start right there. Would you just take your little lips and just whisper to the Lord? And would you just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. 
And Lord, I ask you to empower me and give me the grace of God to obey you. Just like Peter had to cry out. Lord, I cry out. Lord, I'm stepping out of my boat. I've resolved in my heart it's worth being close to you, Lord. I'm stepping out of my boat, God. I'm stepping out of the place of safety that I found. I'm stepping out of my boat, God. and I'm stepping towards you, Jesus. I'm stepping towards you, Jesus. I'm stepping towards you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this obedience, God. Fill the obedience with your Spirit, God. Fill the obedience, God, with your power. Fill the obedience, God. In Jesus' name. Now you that are standing, especially standing out your cards, I want to ask you, I want you to look back here just one moment. How many of you, when you surrendered that, when you stepped out that boat, you felt a touch of the Lord? I want you to raise your hand up. Don't do it unless you do it. But you felt the touch of the Lord when you answered His call. Yes. It's good to... That doesn't mean if you didn't, then God's got it coming to you this week. That's what God wants you to go for. The feeling that closeness of God is worth whatever that you have to do to get there. To have that spiritual encounter is so worth it. Amen. As you allow that disobedience to go, the power of God comes in. 500 people was told to go to the upper room. Only 120 obeyed Him. And out of their obedience, the whole room, the whole world, you and I have been enlightened through the power of this Holy Spirit. If that can happen through the obedience of 120, what can happen to us that are standing in for Him this morning? As we just release that disobedience. Now, let me tell you one last point then, and it is. When Jesus stepped out of, when Peter stepped out of that boat, he walked on the water and he fell. You know what happened to him? He ended up right in the arms of the master. Whether you successfully maintain or you stumble and get up again, God has a way that when a person determines to live an obedient life to Him, whatever happens, honey, you will fall in the very arms of the Master. And you will find yourself closer to God than you ever imagined. Well, this is our journey. That's where we're going. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.